Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So, one of the things that I've sort of found that I need to do in life is mitigate against the fact that I'm probably not that smart. You know, there are people who are just able to process information better than me. They're just people who are just smarter than me. They show up on, you know, certainly school books and tests and things like that. They definitely would have done better than me. So I have spent most of my life trying to make up for the fact that as measured by general typical intelligence, I probably don't have quite as much as other people do. So, you know, there are certain tricks you can use to kind of mitigate against that. One of those things is I'm a big believer in the concept of thin slicing. In other words, in... You know, any given situation, there is a lot of information that could potentially be processed. And in most situations, more information than our brains are capable of processing. Even many of you who are smarter than me, just in any given situation, there's more going on than we have a chance to make sense of. However, one of the things that I have found in life is, is that typically speaking, there's usually a small piece of information. Sometimes it's a piece of data. Sometimes it's just an anecdote. There's usually a small piece of information that almost tells you everything you need to know that you can look at a big complex situation and identify kind of a thin slice of information that really tells you the direction all of this is moving. And as someone who can't sometimes process everything going on, I have tried to become kind of good at noticing the things that do matter in life and paying attention to that. I think this also works in college football too, by the way, because let me give you an example. Yesterday, I thought that Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who I've always enjoyed listening to speak since he's been here at UGA, but I thought he gave a very interesting press conference. And in a press conference in itself was wide ranging and filled with information, there was one thing that Munkin said that I thought was maybe more important than anything else. It was related to his relationship with JT Daniels. And in the midst of talking about he and Daniels, which he openly acknowledges he's kind of you know coupled with in terms of uh, his evaluation here, he used a word that I think is really pretty important. And it's almost like if you could only know one thing about Georgia, if you could know this, then I think it'd give you a pretty good sense of where the upcoming season is going for UGA. So let me set this up for you. I'm going to let you hear it. Uh, Munkin is asked, hey, what's it like working with JT Daniels? We've heard about your relationship. From your perspective, what is that relationship with JT Daniels like? And this is the answer Todd Munkin had to, had to say to all of that. That relationship is tied to success. I mean, we're, we're tied together. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, that relationship, the more success we have, the more fun it is. The less success we have, it's not that much fun. So the better he gets and the better I do it, the better the relationship is. And that's that's everywhere I've ever been. So it's interesting that he talks about the way in which he's tied to JT Daniels. Most of us would agree that's probably true. But what's also interesting to me anyway, and I'm going to try to make it interesting for you too, explain why I believe that it is, is the fact that Munkin uses the word fun there twice. Hey, if things are going well, we're having a lot of fun. If things are not going so well in the field, we're not having so much fun. And to me, I mean, this one word, I think, goes so far towards explaining how well a team is set up for for success. Are you having fun? Does it look like you're having fun? And if it is, and if it looks like you are, if that's the case, then the odds are you're probably winning games there as well. It kind of goes back to what we talked about yesterday. One of the reasons why I don't mind JT Daniels on Instagram posing like he's Lex Luger is because it looks like he's kind of having fun. If that's the mindset that Daniels is in for the upcoming season, 
then my assumption here is that probably suggests pretty good things for the football team on the field there as well. And by the way, this is one of those things that's not necessarily new as an idea around Georgia football because some of you probably listen to me say something like this and you're like, well, B.A., I don't care if they're having fun or not. I just want them to win games. And I get that. I get that winning games is the name of the game. That's the end result that everybody's shooting for. But here's the one thing I'm going to spend the next couple of minutes trying to convince you of that the degree to which you're having fun, especially in modern college football, where everybody's scoring a lot of points and you know it just seems like the flashier teams are the ones that are having more success, let me try to convince you of this, that the degree to which you're able to have fun, the degree to which you're able to view what you are doing as fun, I think goes a long way towards determining how likely you are to win or lose the games that matter most. Let me give an example from recent past at Georgia. I remember this quote very well. It was from Knoxville, Tennessee in 2019 after Georgia had just beaten on the road very badly Tennessee and I had a chance to talk to Georgia quarterback at the time Jake Fromm at the end of that game asking him you know kind of how it felt to be in the rhythm that he was in moving the football the way that he was the Georgia offense after scuffling a little bit early in that season had really found a rhythm against the Tennessee Vols putting up kind of a big point total and Fromm said something after that game in Tennessee that I think very much closely aligns with what we're talking about here in relationship to the uh, relationship that Munkin and Daniels have there as well. Let me let you hear Jake from on that. And once again, the concept of fun is going to come up here. Here's Jake. A lot of people uh, challenged me to, to have, have fun tonight. And so that's what I want to do. I want to go out and have fun. Uh, you know, whether it was, you know, 10 to 14, 13 to 14, whatever the score was, I was going to go out and have fun. Uh, you know, I think the guys around me just made that easy for me. Uh, you know, we were making plays and we were moving the ball on offense. It's fun. Listen to how many times Jake Fromm uses the word fun there. And I'll, I'll say something now that I also said at the time. The other thing that struck me about what Jake Fromm said back in 2019 was when he says people were challenging me to have fun, I think that the takeaway from that is, well, if people feel like they need to challenge you to have fun, they must perceive you as someone who's not having very much fun right now. And that obviously, think about the 2019 team. That's obviously the mood, the vibe, the exact opposite, I think, of what Georgia fans are hoping to see from this team this year. And unfortunately, whatever fun Georgia had in Knoxville that season, for the most part, that was pretty short-lived, right? I mean, this is the same year that Georgia struggled to move the football in the rain against Kentucky, lost as a more than three-touchdown favorite against South Carolina. The Texas A&M game that season wasn't exactly a thing of beauty either. There were moments in which Georgia just didn't look like it was having very much fun. The fact that Fromm says, hey, I was being pushed and challenged to have fun regardless of the score, regardless of what's going on, just trying to go out there and make it as fun as I can possibly be. I mean, the fact that Fromm said he had to be pushed in that direction kind of tells you all you need to know. Plus, and I hate to say this, but the fact that Fromm also left at the end of the 2019 season as a junior when he could have come back, his draft status was far from certain, also kind of suggests somehow, some way, that 2019 team for Georgia just must not have been having very much fun. And that's why it matters that JT Daniel, or I should say that Todd Munkin, speaking about his relationship with JT Daniel, says, hey, I want to make sure we're having fun together. Because if they are having fun, not only are they enjoying themselves, but the odds are the Georgia fans are having fun too because they're watching a team that's moving the football up and down the field. But not to put too fine a point on this, but let me see if I can hammer this home just a little bit more. This concept of fun being an important, uh, important quotient in the winning formula, an important facet of teams that win games. Let me mention a coach here that you oftentimes don't think of as necessarily having a lot of fun. 
That's the New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick, who typically is very stone-faced and in press conferences, you know, doesn't show a lot of emotion all the way around. But apparently that's not the way that Belichick wants his team to play like. That's not the way he wants his players to be. This video, I'm going to play the audio from the video because the video's got some NFL highlights and Roger Goodell will throw me in jail if I show you these. But this video from Belichick, is the kind of thing that went viral this week a little bit because the NFL is apparently getting ready to crack down on taunting and they're going to have a very conservative definition for what taunting even is. And so this video of Belichick kind of arguing for the opposite kind of thing went viral a little bit this week. But I'm going to use it in the context we're talking about here. Todd Munkin saying that he wants he and JT Daniels to have fun together. Jake Fromm saying, I was trying to push myself to have fun in 2019. Evidence suggesting that in a lot of those games, Georgia wasn't having very much fun. Listen to Bill Belichick. This is from years ago, but it's very relevant right now. Listening to Belichick talking about how much he believes positive emotion, happy players, enjoying themselves, celebrating together in the football field is actually an important part of what it takes to make the Patriots a winning dynasty. This is good stuff from Belichick. Take a listen to this. You should be excited when you make a play. Hell, look at all the work you've put into it, all the time that you've spent and practice of put into it, and to go out there in a game competitively and execute it well and make a play, you should be excited about it. And your teammates should be excited too. And you see when we're playing with energy and when we're playing with emotion and when we're not. I mean, I think Belichick's words there carry a lot of weight, partially because that's maybe the opposite of what you might expect him to say, and also because he's just a coach that's been so successful that if that's something he believes is important, it must very well be important because Belichick has figured this kind of stuff out better than almost anybody else could. I want to play you one more clip from Bill here there as well, and this requires some context. This is like in a coaching clinic type situation or something like that, and he starts showing clips of his team playing, and you see big plays where guys don't celebrate. At the end, you see a touchdown against Denver where everybody's coming into the end zone. They're kind of doing the touchdown dance celebrations. And you won't see these highlights, but I want you to listen to the way that Belichick describes them. And once again, you get a sense for how important Belichick believes having fun truly is for a team that's on its way to earning some wins. This is Bill Belichick once again. Nice play, Ty. Can't even see one guy saying, good hit. Walk back to the huddle and say, God, it looks like we don't even care. We aren't good enough to play that way. I don't know that anybody is. So, Gary, you know it's a good play. Just doesn't really register with anybody else. Just look at this right here. Do you think we were ready to play against Denver last year, Monday night? It's so obvious. It's so visible. And when you can show that picture visually to your opponent... That's what intimidation is. That's the look right there, fellas. It's going to be a long night. So I hope you find this to be as fascinating as I do. Bill Belichick right there says, the picture of intimidation is not how mean and tough you look. The picture of intimidation is how happy you look when your team scores a touchdown, how much fun it appears that you're having. That's a team that Belichick says looks like it's really prepared. That's a team that Belichick says looked like it's really focused, that if you're focused enough and you're prepared enough that you're actually just playing and having fun on his case Sundays or in George's case on a Saturday, if that's the way that you look during the game, the other team 
team knows, the other team knows, as Belichick said, we must be in for a long night because if they're out there celebrating and dancing and, 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 and having this much fun, that team must know something we don't about what it's going to take to win this game here today. So let me kind of sum all of this up. As I said before, I'm a big believer in thin slicing. Sometimes a little piece of information is all you really need to know. And Todd Munkin touches on it. Are he and JT Daniels having fun together? Are Georgia fans having fun watching these games? There have been some moments in recent years where Georgia football, frankly, probably wasn't as fun as it needed to be. And when Georgia needed to be at its best for the best games, biggest games as playing that season, the dogs were left lacking. I think this year, that's kind of all you need to know. Is Georgia football fun to watch? Do the players and coaches look like they're having fun together? And if they are, then we could be on our way to watching a team that's very successful once the games begin starting September the 4th. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger. And glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us. Video, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, right there on the page at dognation.com. Always a lot of fun to be able to do that podcast the apple player the spotify player uh we post to a dognation.com obviously for uh, those listening on the google podcast app appreciate that uh some of you listen right there on soundcloud that's a really good thing to be able to do there as well lots of different platforms for the podcast and of course our friends on the radio app and sports radio 960 the ref also a great pleasure to have you with us there as well a lot of different ways for you to get the show we're just happy to be able to bring it to you and so thankful that our friends at kroger partner with us to be able to do just that. Kroger brings the show to you here today, and Kroger's also got some great things going on for you there as well that I want to make sure that you're aware of. We're getting back to school. So many of you have seen your kids go back here, and so many of you are still trying to make sure you stay well-stocked on everything that's going on for school. Maybe the school supplies have been bought, but if you're like my kids, you're eating you know, about a metric ton worth of snack every single day or a bunch of food in that lunchbox, everything else. Really, everything you need to make the start of the school year Everything that it's supposed to be is right there for you at your local Kroger. If you want to get more details on this, just stop by and see a Kroger store or check out the website, Kroger.com slash school. That's Kroger.com slash school, and you can find out a lot more about that. Great to have Kroger with us today. Coming up in just a couple of minutes' time, we'll say hello to Jeff Sintel. We'll go on the road with him today, assisted by AAA. Georgia did get a commitment yesterday. We'll talk about that actually also in a moment here, too. And a lot of other recruiting news has kind of come out over the course of the last couple of days. So big update on a lot of that with Jeff Sintel coming up in just a bit. Looking forward to doing that. But for now, speaking of that UGA commit, let's go around the doghouse delivered today by our friends at Marco's Pizza. And it was a great day yesterday for three-star wide receiver Cole Spear out of Calhoun High School. Got a chance to make his pledge to the University of Georgia, putting out a really good-looking social media edit on this. If you're on video, you get a chance to see this. I love the script writing there for the word committed. That looks really good. And a nice collection of Spear in that UGA uniform, like so many recruits do, vying to the to wear the black jersey there with the silver britches, and that looks really good. I also like the fact that – are you noticing what I'm noticing here, that this black jersey is not the dog collar, uh, you know, the dog collar thing around the collar for the black jerseys? How much better does that red collar with the G in the middle look better than the dog collar thing they wore uh, last year? So that's a nice thing to be able to see. Nice touch by Cole Spear wearing that all the way around. And when we talk to Jeff Sintel in a moment, we're going to find out a little bit more about what Spear brings to the table as a player. He certainly seems to be like what a lot of guys have been as of late, which are you know guys that have worked really hard, kind of come through a pandemic and put in the work in the weight room, put in the work on the field and practice, sharpening their skills, honing their skill set, and now getting a chance to be noticed by the University of Georgia. Spear is the latest example of that. Jeff had written about Cole going back 
dognation.com a couple of weeks ago. So this is the kind of thing that's been kind of marinating now for a while. And Spear drops that announcement yesterday. Pretty good-looking ball player. And certainly the kind of guys you start to tune into high school football over the course of the next few months. A lot of folks will be looking to that Calhoun program, which has been a successful program for quite some time. Folks will be looking at that Calhoun program to see exactly what Spear brings to the table. And we'll let Jeff tell us himself coming up in just a moment exactly how valuable Spear means, you know, what his fit in this 2022 class is, what his profile as a player is, and obviously also the, the important stuff that Georgia fans also always want to know, which is what's going to happen next. So for now, here's what we do know. Georgia adds another player to its 2022 class. It's the wide receiver Cole Spear. He's out of Calhoun High School, and there certainly seems to be a lot to like about that young man. It's Around the Doghouse. It's delivered today by our friends at Marco's Pizza. And listen, pizza lovers get it when it comes to Marco's Pizza because they understand that it's the golden crisp crust. It's the melty cheese on top. It's the real authentic toppings that go along with that. It's one of the reasons why we love Marco's Pizza and have loved him for years. The other thing that I like about Marco's Pizza, as I told you before, I got kids to feed. And listen, you know, money, things like that. That's what I'm thinking about. I want good deals, and Marco's Pizza offers that for you there as well. How about a bundle right now? This is a lot of food, and it's all great tasting. You can get a large one-topping pizza, a pizza bowl, cheesy bread, all for just $21.99. I love the pizza bowl because, you know, I'm one of those guys that right now I'm trying to kind of, you know, watch my diet here a little bit. The pizza bowl helps me get the pizza flavor without having to worry about the crust, which is kind of a cool thing there too for those of you that are interested in that. It's one of the great options available for you there at Marco's Pizza. You can find the Marco's app. You can order at Marco's.com. You can take advantage of that great deal. They've also got a huge collection of specialty pizzas that you can take advantage of there as well. And if you want to try one of those pizza bowls, you'll be able to find that out for yourself there. they got fresh signature cheese, and they just taste so, so good. So make sure you check out some Marco's Pizza today. All right, it's great to have you with us here today on Around the Doghouse, uh, delivered by our friends at Marco's Pizza. Before we're done... A little bit of trash talk from Steve Spurrier about the upcoming cocktail party. Always fun to be able to bring that onto the air for you. We'll do that. But for now, everything related to UGA recruiting, including a follow-up on exactly what George is getting in Cole Spear, let's do it all as we go on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And a lot to do when it comes to UGA recruiting, and no better person to do that with than Jeff Sintel. We are on the road with him, assisted by AAA here today. And, uh, Jeff, let me just start right where I just was when it comes to Cole Spear, wide receiver out of uh, Calhoun. This is a guy that Georgia fans have acquainted themselves with pretty quickly over the course of the uh, last couple of weeks. But for those who are still trying to figure out you know, what his profile is as a player, what he brings to this UGA class, what can you tell us with the latest UGA commit? Yeah, guys. Uh, hey, good good morning, everybody. And I, I think the thing that everybody's going to get ahead of their skis about with Cole Spear is they're going to look. I think he just picked up a three-star rating. Brandon, we can call that the Georgia bump if you want to, where some of these unrated prospects are getting uh, a three-star rating because they're committed to Georgia. But I think, I think Cole Spear is a guy. I was talking to Justice Haynes about him last week. And, you know, he's just a baller, man. He's a guy that other players really respect. Uh, prolific career so far at Calhoun High. He's basically uh, maybe a bigger upgrade of what Georgia got a few years back in Ladd McConkie. Ladd has more wiggle and has more twitch at the same age. Um, Cole's a little bit more faster on the nine routes, a little bit more quicker, more decisive. 
Cole's about six feet and 185 pounds right now, and that's probably what Lad McConkey is right now in his you know second year at Georgia. Um, Lad was about 155 pounds coming out of his senior year uh, at Northwest Murray, so he's going to be a slot. And you know the thing I really like about his story, Brandon, is he was a guy that if you would have told him June 10th or June 15th, this is what we were talking about last night, that he would be committed to Georgia, he would have said. He wouldn't have believed you. He said, I wouldn't have believed you, man. But what I'd done is I would have done everything in my power to prove that right because that's what he always wanted to do. He called the Georgia offer the dream offer. He really just got tired of you – know, he was a, he was one of those guys where, you know, maybe the prettiest girl in town wants to go out with him, but he didn't want to immediately jump at the chance. That's kind of, kind of sort of what it feels like. After a while, Cole Spear was like, man, I should just go ahead and commit to Georgia because I'm not going to find anywhere else I like better or that will be better for me, and that's basically how it came to be this week. So what was the thing that got him on Georgia's radar to begin with? Was it good high school film? Was it camp work? Was it speed? What was the thing that got a guy noticed by Georgia ahead, as you mentioned, for the most part of being noticed by the major recruiting services? 24-7 has ranked him now. He's not currently ranked in the composite, I'm guessing, because that's because maybe Rivals doesn't have him ranked as of yet. Um, What got him noticed? I think it's one word, Brandon, and it's what uh, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock fans that um, may, may be a little dated here, but they know what I'm talking about. It's speed, man. It's pure, unadulterated speed. I think I think everywhere Cole spent went this this summer, he dropped a four four on the laser clock. Uh, maybe even when he went through the drive through line, he was clocking four fours. That's how fast he was. Um, and you know, he went to a bunch of camps. Some schools wondered, like the NC States of the world, they thought, is he a safety? Is he a defensive back? But this is the type of player and skill set that Todd Munkin has identified at Georgia. He He's six feet, about 185 pounds. I, I mentioned that um, name drop that Justice Haynes for, had for him. Right in last year in a game where uh, I think Justice ran for 300-plus yards, Cole Spear was a guy that um, – Cole Spear was a guy that um, – you know, caught like 10 balls for 215 yards in that game. And here's the part I love about Cole Spear. And some po- some folks won't get it, and I want to make sure they get it. Uh, this is a young man who comes from a family, very blue-collar, very worker mentality. He did not miss a day of school so far in his high school career. Wow. That's the same thing his older brother did. And in this day and age, you think about last year with tracing and COVID and digital learning well you know he was in he was in the schoolhouse every day at uh, calhoun high school calhoun high has a pretty good reputation for developing rock solid players especially in that weight room and i I think that's a big thing for you know i know of all your viewers that show up at every day and are in that top van top fan badge on dog nation daily just imagine a football player that has never missed a day of school elementary middle school high school to me, that's something that's pretty much unheard of for a big-time recruit. We're on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel. Yesterday was also a big day for Georgia when it comes to being listed among the finalists for four-star wide uh, tight end Oscar Delp. Let me show you this on the screen. You'll see Delp joined there by South Carolina, a couple other names there as well. We'll show you Oscar Delp here on the screen to give folks a uh, a chance to do all of that. Um, actually, maybe we just won't. Jeff, uh, talk about the uh, finalists for uh, Oscar Delp there and how Georgia kind of fits in that picture here at the moment. 
Yeah, Georgia's kind of been always the team there. Maybe pole position or 1A, 1B for, for Oscar Delt for the longest time. And um, that's a school, you know, it's funny. He named his top four, and, you know, Delt's just kind of have a guy that's kind of crazy tickled that all this is working out because he wanted to take visits and he wanted to make sure the plan was to honor his mom on her on her on her birthday, his mother Mary Delp. And uh, that birthday is September the thirtieth. And as luck might have it, Brandon, he'll have the chance to he'll go see Georgia Clemson or Clemson Georgia, pretending pretending and pertaining to what side of the stands folks are going to be on in Charlotte on September the fourth. He'll be at that game. Also gives them a chance to see a home game at Georgia against UAB, a home game at at Clemson against Georgia Tech, a home game at South Carolina. They're hosting Kentucky. So he gets that ability to honor mom, and he gets that ability to see all those games and see all those atmospheres going forward um, as he gets ready to make his choice. And really for Oscar, it couldn't work out any better for him. So you also see Michigan along with, as you mentioned, Clemson and South Carolina there when it comes to the Delp finalists. Do you get a sense for, I mean, we've heard Delp talk to you about his feelings about Georgia and the way in which Georgia's recruited his family. But do you get a sense of the of the hierarchy here? I mean, we'd spent a lot of time during the summer hearing about South Carolina. You know, how would you, I guess, rank these contenders right now? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like everybody likes to follow the visits and follow the trips. Well, I think Oscar made a decision in late July when both Georgia was having a cookout and South Carolina was having a cookout that – he didn't want to have to choose and make that public choice, so we decided to go nowhere uh, and maybe concentrated on some family stuff and also on the season at hand for West Forsyth High School. And uh, he did give Clemson another visit, though, for their Clemson all-in retreat. So, I mean, this is a, he told me basically uh, yesterday that it's a tough call. He doesn't really know the full final call yet, and he's, he's going to see maybe how that Georgia offense looks against Clemson and then maybe the next week. and see if that tight end and that explosive promise and all those sticks of dynamite that are surrounding uh, JT Daniels in the huddle for explosive plays are going to materialize on the field and not just on the film room or on the practice field. And I think by that time he'll have a good uh, sample size and volume of data he needs to make this decision. He's been to Georgia last year as kind of a fan only where he just got to go to the game with his good buddy Dylan Fairchild, who's now at Georgia. Um, the, the one curiosity I have is how he's, if he's going to find his way to get up there and see Michigan because Michigan's home schedule isn't as enticing um, as all those ones from the Southern contenders here for his decision. Yeah, there's a lot of things about Michigan these days that aren't quite as enticing, so it'll be interesting to see how his opinion kind of evolves on that. We're on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA, and there's something AAA wants you to know that – uh, there was a recent study that demonstrated that the average person has a tendency to think that life insurance is actually three times more expensive than it actually is. That's actually not true. And the friendly and knowledgeable associates at AAA can help explain how life insurance, something that we all need, those of us who are responsible for taking care of somebody else, life insurance is actually far more affordable than you might ever realize. That's one of the things that a AAA can do for you to really educate you on how you can get that for your family at a much more affordable rate than you might have imagined before. A couple different ways for you to get in touch. Give them a call, 866-695-0222. That's 866-695-0222. Stop by your, one of your local AAA offices and talk to somebody there. Or simply go to AAA.com slash live for more information. That's AAA.com slash live for more information 
on all of that. Jeff, as we keep our conversation going, we've also found out about another important recruiting decision that's upcoming here. Jake Pope, good-looking ball player. Uh, you see that on Twitter there, saying thanks to everybody who's recruited me. It's time to make my college decision. Says so you can watch it on TV coming up Monday evening with our friends over at Fox 5. Uh, Pope's a good-looking ball player from a very deep Buford program what do you think Georgia sits with this and I, I guess curiosity about what do you think of Pope as a player how he would fit into a program like UGA if that were to be the choice so Georgia's prioritized him Brandon they they see him filling a lot of roles a sneaky fast really quick athlete he's about you know six one, about 190 pounds they see him as his safety they see him as maybe a hybrid defensive back maybe a little bit of the star maybe a little bit of the money position in certain formations. Um, Georgia's really created a, pra- a package for him that, that he really likes. And, you know, Glenn Schumann, Kirby Smart, those guys have really been on him. Coach Adai, um, Notre Dame, I think, is big in this. I think, you know, you've got uh, – he told me recently that the schools that are still recruiting him the hardest are basically Notre Dame, Georgia. Um, you've got Alabama in there as well. Uh, he's a guy that's actually a Clemson legacy. The Clemson offer just never came, Brandon. His father was a safety at Clemson. He played when Brian with at, in Death Valley when Brian Dawkins was there as well. Um, this has been a tight decision for him. He told me last weekend that they were basically all all really bunched up, kind of like around a Talladega turn maybe. And then the thing the thing with him that's interesting is he's he's reversed the course on his decision. Quite drastically over the last couple of couple of weeks, man. He thought for a moment that he was going to make his decision in July. He thought that would be enough after the official visits in June. Proved to be too hard because he kept going back and forth amongst several schools in that final five there. And then he said he, he told me last Friday night at Buford High School after they um, they beat Cedar Grove twenty one to seven in a star studded game, as he said, man. I think I need games. I think I need to see these places, get the vibes, get the atmospheres to really figure out what I want. And then maybe less than five days later, Jake Pope comes back with, I'm ready. I've made the decision. He's made the commitment. It is a silent commitment right now. And then the rest of the world will know about it on uh, on Monday. How did you think he performed in that scrimmage against Cedar Grove last week? Obviously, the Cedar Grove program one of the deepest, most talented in the state. That's a really pretty good scrimmage to really be able to judge what a guy like Pope brings to the table. How do you think he played that day? Yeah, I don't think Buford really pressed the ball downfield a lot. They did a lot of checkdowns, and they ran the ball, and they hit the ball hit the ball out in the flat and like a lot of quick game. You know, he does play a receiver. Like, he, he sells Brandon in all three phases for Buford High, and he did so throughout the Georgia 6A state playoffs last year. He's already a state champion. He's a baseball player. He's a center fielder. That's why Georgia really likes his ability to maybe play the field and be a roaming or a roving safety. But the thing that struck me, Brandon, um, he's kind of got like, you know, boy band type looks a little bit, but he will smack you. Like, that's one of the things. He would, he was thudding up some guys, you know, getting bumper cars on some guys, laying some, laying the pads on a lot of guys coming up, flying up to the safety spot. Everybody, all the Georgia fans saw that C.J. Madden interception, but the first guy that came in in at him like a like a bowling ball, they kind of staggered C.J. Madden a bit, 
that was Jake Pope as soon as he got his hands on that interception. Real physical player, and I think he's going to make somebody a very fine safety going forward. Finish with this. Uh, five-star defensive lineman out of the state of North Carolina, Travis Shaw, has also come out with an announcement. He's got his commitment date set, he says, for uh, August the 21st. This is one of those things, Jeff, where I feel like, oh, boy, this feels like it's coming a little too soon for this to be truly good news for UGA. I'm certainly not conceding it because I don't have enough inside information to do that, but my – I guess contextual information would suggest that Georgia's best shot at Shaw would be if this thing were to extend on a little longer, just given the fact that there hasn't really been a ton of UGA Shaw buzz as of late. I know he's good friends with Jalen Walker. We've talked about that many times before, but what do you make of the current relationship between UGA and Shaw, uh, given the fact that he's about to announce his pledge here? Hey, Brandon, I got a quick, uh, quick question for you in your uh, Brandon definition for recruiting. Is concede worse than toe tagging, or is that a similar term? Uh, well, I guess it's a, probably a similar term. Yeah, I, I was trying to stay away from the death <laughs> reference, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not quite tagging the toe on this one as of yet. But boy, I hear the Undertaker's music playing in the background. Unfortunately, I'm afraid. Yeah, you got Clemson, you got North Carolina. You hear a lot of comments uh, that I think Shaw's made some comments to some publications about the family decision. Uh, it's what the family wanted. It's time. He wants to get it get it done before his uh, senior season. You see Malachi Starks and Jalen Walker on social media dropping those dog emojis, still crying, still trying maybe not to speak it into existence, Brandon, but maybe to emoji it into existence. Um, you know the names right now. If you guys watched uh, before the hedges this week, I think you know Shaw's still a name to consider. I think Walter Nolan's still a name to consider. Both of those guys are maybe drifting down that top targets list a little bit. But the other name um, I'm just going to say is, you know, I don't think that recruitment with Bear Alexander is done going mm. forward. Um, that's something that Georgia fans will monitor. Um, you want to talk about things taking a while and going in, being extended in a little bit. Um, you know, one thing that didn't happen over the summer yet is there was not the expected uh, commitment made to Texas A&M yet. So I know Georgia's still in that thing for Bear Alexander along with Christian Miller, uh, and also we'll have an update coming up on the site soon about like how where Georgia sits now with Mikel Williams. We already previewed that interview and conversation on the Dog Nation forum yesterday. He's still saying all the right things, uh, Mikel is, about Southern Cal and how he feels and about the fit there, but there's some interesting stuff he shared on the record that I know folks will want to read about. Really good stuff. Very, very quick. You can give this a, a short answer if you want to. And obviously, I'm very, you know, my interest is certainly piqued by what you say about Bear Alexander. But to keep it with Shaw for a moment, if he does say North Carolina or Clemson on August the 21st, I think that's his day, will that recruitment you think remain open? Do you think that George would have a chance to stay involved post decision announcement when it comes later on this month? Yeah, Brandon, you're right there. It is the 21st, and I will have some symmetry in my comment here by saying, Dude, man, this is 2021. Anything is in the realm. Anything is in possibility. Uh, there, there's some things right now going around where silent commitments happen. We all know about those. Silent decommitments are being talked about. And, you know, what, whatever happens, let, let's say this. Georgia puts together the season that I think everybody on this feed wants to see. And I think they become a lot more uh, attractive, desirable to a lot of guys in terms of the flip scenario, even if it doesn't go Georgia's way on uh, August the 21st with Travis Shaw. 
and also some other prospects out there. Jeff, really good stuff. Thank you for being here on the road. Assisted by AAA here today. I know you've got a lot of great stuff coming on the pages of DogNation.com in the very near future, too. Can't wait for all of that, including uh, certainly compelling when it comes to Mikael Williams. Fascinating stuff there for a guy that, uh, once again, kind of shows you that sometimes commitments may not stick quite as much as you might think, especially to those way out there for the West Coast. So we'll look forward to a lot more from you on that. And of course, back here again on our show very soon as well. Thank you for your time. Yeah, Brandon. And hey, another big update yesterday. It was a busy day. Uh, five-star cornerback A.J. Harris uh, really is focused on five schools. Going to make a commitment to me, it sounds like, within the next couple of months or so. It will definitely be this season. He threw a shout-out to Kirby Smart uh, in our interview. Um, I think he's a pivotal recruit for Georgia in the 2023 class. That's a top 15 overall prospect. And uh, also, hey, take a folks, take a think about take a consideration here about checking out old Jeff on Instagram. We're trying to put a lot more stuff up on Instagram lately. A.J. Harris stuff. Uh, Lookbacks from the Rose Bowl. Lookbacks from Notre Dame. Dog Nation Invasion. SEC Championship 2017. We're we're going to throw a lot more content on the Instagram and see if we can give you guys something to see there as well. All right, thanks for that, Jeff, and hope folks will check out the piece on A.J. Harris. Good stuff and everything there at dognation.com. We will look forward to speaking to you soon. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, Brandon. Had a good time, sir. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, I told you Steve Spurrier's been running his mouth a little bit. I'll tell you more about that coming up. First, though, what is better for a mouth than Steve Spurrier shouting out whatever he's going to shout is to enjoy yourself some finished long drink. I did kind of go a long way for that <laughs> segue. I apologize. Sometimes they're not always super smooth. But what is super smooth are our friends at Finish Long Drink because it tastes great. It's ready to drink right out of the can. It looks like a beer because obviously it comes in a can, but it's not a beer. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail. And this is so much fun. I have heard from so many of you, whether it's the Long Drink Cranberry, which I know a lot of folks there in the bars around Athens are loving, the Long Drink Strong, which, let's face it, a lot of our audience loves for the obvious reasons, 8.5% alcohol by volume, Long Drink Zero, the Long Drink Traditional, which is the blue can. It's like a gin and grapefruit type thing. It's about, it's going to be 95 degrees tomorrow, something crazy like that. That is a great, great way to enjoy a very, very hot summer day. It's also a cool story as well. You know, comes from Finland in the 1950s, been in the United States for the last couple of years, and now available in Georgia. And you may say, well, B.A., you say it's in Georgia, but where is it? Listen, just go to the website, thelongdrink.com, and you can find where it is near you. It's golf courses all over the place. It's bars. It's beverage stores. It's really pretty much wherever you want to go. There is something close to you. So check out the long drink today, and I think you'll really, really enjoy it as much as I have. The finished long drink, really, really good stuff. All right, SEC through time now for a moment. So Steve Spurrier's got a new restaurant, and I guess he shows up at his restaurant opening in – boy, what a time to be opening a restaurant, by the way. But he um, shows up at his restaurant. He's wearing a red shirt, and Nick Delatore, Florida reporter, tweets out that Spurrier's new Gridiron Grill restaurant, he says, I wore my red Georgia shirt – I should say my Georgia red shirt, not a red Georgia shirt, but a Georgia red shirt, he calls it, to remind y'all, we got to beat those, he says, damn Bulldogs this year. Now, listen, I am going to give Spurrier a little bit of credit for this because, you know, this kind of happens all the time. Now, for the most part, I wear Georgia gear on the show pretty much every single day, except usually on Wednesdays when I show off the colors for SEC Country Live. But other than that, I'm typically speaking, at least in Georgia colors, if not Georgia gear, pretty much every single day. But oftentimes, you know, 
the rest of the Dog Nation team being the objective journalists that they are, they're wearing, you know, just whatever they found in the closet there that day. And you know, they get grief all the time of why are you wearing so-and-so colors? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You know, the rest of the team doesn't quite take the same, you know, uh, approach to fashion that I do, pretty much wearing Georgia stuff each and every day. They, they wear different stuff, and they always get grief for that. So in the particular case, when it comes to Spurrier, you know that's what's going on. Spurrier, much the same way, going out to his restaurant opening, just grabbed a shirt, happened to be red. And when he got there, he had to kind of come up with an explanation for why he wasn't wearing orange and blue. And this is the explanation that he come up came up with. I mean, there's something that kind of begs, uh, you know, uh, logic to say, I'm wearing red because I'm ready to be George. It almost seemed like that's not really quite the way that people typically go about that kind of stuff. But I guess Spurrier gets some credit for uh, pivoting kind of on the spot there. Uh, it's nice to know the cocktail party is always on his mind and nice to know that uh, Georgia gets a chance to get some revenge on Spurrier and those lousy stinking gators later on the program. More on that, by the way, uh, before we are done. One more kind of interesting thing here. I saw where Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback, was asked about the rest of the quarterbacks there in the Auburn program, and he said that he liked having a room full of talented guys. Always important because you're trying to make yourself better and improve each and every day. He says, I think as a group, we've all done a good job of challenging each other. And this is obviously you know, an Auburn team right now that's facing its challenges. We've talked about some of those. But I think one of the offseason stories that could actually benefit Auburn a bit before we're done here in the upcoming season is the addition of one of those backup quarterbacks on this Auburn roster. Auburn was very thin, I believe, the quarterback position prior to the transfer of T.J. Finley from LSU to Auburn. I don't think had Finley stayed in Baton Rouge, he would have been a candidate to be the LSU starting quarterback this year. I believe that was going to be Max Johnson no matter what, even if uh, Miles Brennan hadn't gotten hurt. But Finley did have some moments last year for LSU and certainly played a lot of football. To think that's now your backup at Auburn, Auburn is not by anywhere, anywhere near the top quarterback situation in the SEC, but there are a lot of teams that would look at Auburn and say, we don't have a backup as good as TJ Finley. So a couple things here. If Knicks gets hurt, Auburn may very, be very glad to have a guy like Finley who's played in the SEC before. Or if Nick struggles, and it is not a guarantee he won't, if uh, if Nick struggles, all of a sudden you've got a guy potentially waiting in the wings who's at least played before. So the positive spin on this is, hey, you've got potentially a little bit of quarterback depth. You could go to Finley if you need to. The negative spin on this is, oh boy, you better watch out for a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of quarterback controversy maybe with Finley waiting the wings. If Nick struggles at some point in time, he probably will. Uh, I'll also mention this very quickly. I saw yesterday a very cool story that a company out in Utah has stepped up on the basis of NIL. And they've basically offered to pay for the school for all of the walk-ons on the BYU program. I think this is kind of a really cool thing. I'm not a you know huge fan of name, image, likeness stuff, generally speaking, but I think this is you know kind of a cool thing all the way around. I think some people have said, well, what does this mean for the future of programs in the, like the SEC, where all of a sudden now you can have no more scholarship limitations because you have just some sort of company you know, pay for people to go to school. You don't have to go the traditional scholarship route. I think the one thing that's different on that, and I've actually kind of learned this just in the last 24 hours, I didn't know this, is that BYU as a school is actually a lot more affordable than most colleges are. So when a company steps up, and I'm not diminishing the fact that the company stepped up for uh, BYU on this, but when a company steps up to pay the scholarship for BYU walk-ons, that's a much smaller financial commitment apparently than it would be at other places where you know college costs kind of skyrocket just a bit. So there's a little bit of a difference there on that, but obviously the BYU news, along with DJ Uyunglele getting the Dr. Pepper deal and uh, walk-ons, the sports bar, 
kind of based in Louisiana, kind of partnering with other true actual walk-ons. We're obviously living in a very different time now, and this is just the latest example of that. So interesting news coming out of Provo there with the uh, BYU walk-ons getting their school paid for as a part of a name image likeness deal. We'll make that your SEC through. And as we wrap up here today, wrap up the week, and draw closer to September 4th, the season opener against Clemson, Dog Nation Invasion of Charlotte, our golden shoe winner for today is a little bit of a of a look ahead to what's going to happen there for Dog Nation Invasion. I got a great tweet here from uh, Christopher4610 on Twitter. CW, he goes by and says, a huge thanks to Dog Nation Daily. My son and I are going to see you in Charlotte, the Dog Nation Invasion of Charlotte, the tailgate. Everyone involved is about to make a great game day experience the best ever. And he gives you a beautiful graphic there with the B Clemson. I love the 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 dog logo standing on all four paws like that. I always think that looks really good. And I'm so glad that C-Dub's going to be with us for dog nation invasion can't wait to see all of you are going to be there it's just going to be a great time all the way around looking forward to that by the way how about a gator hater countdown steve spurrier says he's ready you know dog nation is ready it's 78 days from now we'll see you monday dog nation daily presented by kroger and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down i'm going to take some of your comments those of you who reach out to me on twitter at dog nation daily at the comment section at dognation.com certainly appreciate that I'll also give you a heads up about something we recorded a very good interview today that we're going to run next week and that's true this i'm not 100 sure if i'm going to run it on monday or tuesday but it's really good stuff with Peter Burns. And the backstory behind this is Peter Burns from the SEC Network. I had talked a couple times about how we really haven't seen, you know, prominent voices with big followings picking Georgia to win the national championship. And someone, a couple of people reached out to me to say, no, uh, Peter Burns from the SEC Network, he has. And so we wanted to get Peter on the show to talk about that a little bit more. And he really gave some great you know, takes as far as, you know, his belief in Georgia for the upcoming season. I think it's good stuff. He also had a great story to tell about Kirby Smart that actually ties pretty well into what we're talking about on today's show about the teams that seem to be having fun or the teams that seem to be on their way to success. Bill Belichick has talked about it. You know, Todd Munkin obviously used the word fun. And Peter describes a private moment with Kirby Smart that also kind of comes in that sort of light, loose vein of maybe a different version of Kirby Smart than we've seen in the past. So I think this is all really good, and you're going to enjoy that. There's a chance we run that on Tuesday as opposed to Monday for reasons I won't bore you with, but it's going to be a really good interview when we finally do run it. So I haven't talked about this anywhere else yet, but I will tell the podcast audience that is on its way and coming. Let me get you a couple of uh, Comments right now as part of our podcast cool down. Of course, y'all check out RS Andrews online for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. You can trust them for all of that. Josh Johansson sends a great video of child um, JMO um, who normally wants to watch like Nemo or Moana. Uh, is it Moana? That's how you said it, not Mona. Mo- Moana, the uh, Disney movie. But uh, Josh been showing some Georgia highlights, and that's what JMO wanted to watch this time around, which I think is just really cool. There's nothing better than starting your kids off right, young, and teaching them that kind of stuff and showing those Georgia cheers and traditions. I'm also one of those guys that when I'm exercising this time of year, I'll also crank up a lot of these things on YouTube, right? You know, the player entrances, the the you know the crowd getting fired up, the you know the the Babel Riley before the game, the lone trumpeter. I just love doing that this time of year. And frankly, I'll even sometimes pull up 
on YouTube other college football traditions too, not just Georgia ones because, you know, by this time I'm really excited about college football and even some of the teams I don't really root for, I still like some of the pageantry they bring to the game. And so this time of year I do kind of find myself doing some of that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that Josh is sharing that with his child there. That's a really cool thing all the way around. Uh, Mike Brown writes in to ask, how is Lad McConkey playing so far? He says, I haven't really heard his name any. When he committed, we were told he was going to be very quick and very fast, great for a slot receiver. And I guess there has been some positive buzz from McConkey on the basis of just some of the rumor mill stuff. And I think we're going to hear more of this on Saturday because Saturday is a scrimmage that while the media will be banned from being there, there will be some donors who were there. And those donors usually are pretty loose-lipped when it comes to what they see. So, uh, it'll be our best chance to find out at least some glimpses of what's going on. Now, listen, sometimes this kind of stuff can be false positives or false negatives, or you know, you can have some of that from the eyewitness accounts from the boosters who are there. But this is a long window of football, barring bad weather, a long window of football that some boosters will get a chance to see. And at least some rumors related to that is something that you probably kind of will hear go down on all that. And so my point in bringing that up is there has been some positive buzz around McConkie as of late, but how real it is will likely be determined by what folks see in an extended scrimmage on Saturday, which very closely resembles a real football game, certainly intense competition and a guy like that. That'd be a great chance for him to really step up. Dan uh, Scotchmer, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Scotchmer uh, tags me in a tweet from Jim Nagy who's from the, of course, the Senior Bowl. It's Mike Griffith's good friend. Um, So Jim Nagy writes this, that the most players by school on the 2022 Senior Bowl watch list, Arizona State's got 13, Iowa State's got 12, Georgia's got 11, and Ohio State, Indiana, Nebraska all have 10. Uh, But basically, you see Georgia's third on this list. And what Dan writes in to say is, as you've been preaching for months, draftable talent equals wins, typically equals wins. I think Dan's right about that. The other cool thing that Dan points out or that is pointed out by what Dan shares from the Senior Bowl is that, remember, a lot of the Georgia draft eligible talent are not seniors, right? They're they're juniors. They're guys from like the 2019 signing class, things like that. These are guys who are juniors right now. So they're not even eligible to be on the Senior Bowl watch list necessarily. So from that standpoint, that's kind of important to remember is that um, you got some guys here who are draft eligible that are seniors, but you've also got a lot of draft eligible guys for Georgia who wouldn't even be eligible to play in the Senior Bowl here this year. But the overall point that Dan brings up, and we have talked about on the show plenty, is that what you do on draft night is usually an echo of what you do during the season when it comes to competing for a national championship. Good stuff by Dan there. Clint Walker on the subject of um, Ray Fulcher, the terrific uh, country music artist who's got the one and ray's got his own album out now which i think is really fun but he also has the great song about i love you son go dogs it's just a really really good song i mean just something that i think means a lot to a lot of georgia fans means a lot to me there as well and he's teamed up with a t-shirt company called the seven six apparel and they've kind of done some some uh t-shirts around that and clen says that he had heard the song after i talked about it and i'm glad to see uh georgia fans showing some support for ray on that because ray's a terrific artist and i think he's going to be you know certainly a uh, name on the rise when it comes to the world of country music the good thing about it is it's for those of you that like country music it's country music that sounds like country music which is always kind of a nice thing and not always a uh not always a guarantee these days but uh you know ray fulcher is certainly an example of the way it's supposed to be and good to see one of his great songs being celebrated there and happy about that all the way around 
yeah, so good stuff here. Uh, really good stuff. Good comments. Thanks for being here for our podcast, Cool Down. Y'all check out rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. You may not know this, but if your water heater goes out, in many cases, R.S. Andrews can replace it for you the same day. But you got to find them online at rsandrews.com. All right. We will see you Monday, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Either Monday or Tuesday, we'll have a really good interview with Peter Burns. You'll really enjoy that. Uh, but in between now and then, enjoy your weekend. Stay close to Dog Nation. Kirby Smart speaks on Saturday. We'll have some reports from that. Also, plenty of rumors about that scrimmage and everything else. So check that out. We'll see you back here next week. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Have a great weekend, everybody.